de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Hi, hello, bienvenidos. Welcome to De Colores Radio. This is episode 91. Long time no see, no hear. I don't know if that works since it's a podcast, but I have missed you all. I hope you're having a delightful day, or at least we're finding you in a moment that we can hopefully make brighter together. Ding, ding, ding. Doesn't that sound like a PBS advertisement? Uh, we appreciate your patience in our return. And as always, thank you all so much for listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and this is De Colores Radio. Last episode, we were joined by the truly divine, vastly talented Doris Anai, um, who shared with us the story of evolution into her own power as a musician. It was really one of the most beautiful episodes, full circle moment that we've ever had. Um, and then shortly after our interview, she actually shared with the world that her documentary, Miha, which also stars Oakliff's Jax Hopped, was picked up by Disney+. Plus. So look at that, y'all. The magic. It's beautiful. It's exciting. Um, and then they're also apparently going to develop it into a TV series. So we love to see our people win. It's very beautiful, very exciting. If you haven't listened to the episode, I definitely recommend you check it out. Um, but in other news, I did want to clarify that shortly after that episode, we took a trip to L.A. And unfortunately, I came back with COVID. Wow. Um, and then so that ended up taking us a lot longer to come back to recording than we anticipated um, I am better now. I can definitely feel some of the lingering side effects. I do feel more out of breath when I'm talking a lot. And so we decided to wait as long as we could so that my body could recoup in the meantime, because I didn't want to be on the mic breathing heavy. And then y'all were like, this is, was, was she okay? So that's really what took us so long to come back, because I wanted to make sure I was in tip-top shape. Um, and I'm just glad that that's past now. I avoided that thing for two years. It ruined my social life. I was inside and then I went outside for five minutes and I was shut down. So um, I definitely do not recommend getting it. It was not fun. I am very grateful that my body was able to, um, I guess, handle it. I am vaccinated. I have three shots and uh, I, it did mostly make me sad how everybody's acting like it's not a big deal when I can very much feel the difference in my my mind and body um, post having it. So that's kind of why we haven't been back, but we've been talking to a lot of amazing people and we're really, really excited to be um, back with you all and to be introducing you to some more amazing guests as we continue onto our De Colores journey. Um, so with that all said, there was a lot of amazing content we put out into the world while we were away. Um, I did finally release my makeup tutorial, which is available on YouTube. Pat's continued to release her private playlist. That's a that's not onomatopoeia. That's alliteration. Don't get on to me. My English classes has been a while. Um, but I also am still releasing blog episodes, blog episodes blogs on our Patreon, and you can get the full access to our unedited video versions of any of our latest episodes. 
um, including one with Doris in a, in a super secret game that we do. Um, and you can subscribe at patreon.com slash Co for as little as $3 a month, which helps us to become a sustainable platform, which is, of course, our goal. So we'd love for you to do that. And now I can bring my my kin, my blood sister, Pat the Gat, where you at? Come help me out because I'm already out of breath. Hey, sis, what's up? Hi, welcome welcome to Day Calores Radio. So glad to be here. It's, it's, you do not been... sound glad. You sound actually very <laughs> Well, because I was going to say okay? something else. I was going to be like, so glad to be here. It's It's been a, it's been a minute. I've, I've missed your face. Wow, that's really not scary. like we don't FaceTime once a week, but you yeah, know. I'm like, you're nicer than me. It must be because you moved away because I do not miss my sibling's face that much. But wow. that's okay. I don't mean just you. I mean, any sibling. Oh, like, okay. I, I was like, dang, let me uh, come to text. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, Pat, tell us what's going on with you and then we can get into our next segment. Uh, nothing much. Just out here helping with workshops and events for the youths. What's new with you? What's going wow, on? You took over my brand. Uh, I, did, I did. I honestly was just trying to get my life together. And most things feel like they're starting to fall into place. And so I'm just going to ride that wave. And I feel uh, that. I feel like I'm on a similar wave too. Yeah. Cause it's been like after two hellish years, there's only so much that can go worse than that. So that's where I'm at. But I think that means it's time for everyone's favorite doo -doo -doo -doo, me mood. I want to give you, our listeners, an insight into our personal energy, into how we are feeling right now, into the reality of our existence. This is what I consider the modern day diary. That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for me mood. Pat, how you feeling? Show us. Show us the visual. Okay, let me sh let me set up the visual. So, like you said, um, I'm doing pretty good. I feel like things are finally falling into place, and that I'm in a good, happy place. I'm settled in into Albuquerque. I've been here for about half a year now, and New Mexico has been treating me really nice. Um, so, I found this meme the other day. It's this little cat soaking in a tub. A uh, little orange tabby, and it, all it says is unbothered, moisturized, happy, in my lane, focused, and flourishing. So, like, it, it's not cold anymore. My hands aren't cracking. My skin looks good. The sun's blaring on my face right now. <laughs> things are things are going well. Things are going well. I'm speaking abundance into my life, and things are coming back in return that feel really good for me, and I want that for everybody. So, yeah, I'm feeling really good. How about you? How are you feeling? What's your um, current mean mood? Well, uh, I, you can go ahead and bring it up. I'm going to describe it. I, again, am just, <laughs> I I think I, okay, so last episode I got kind of emotional and I shared that I've been on, uh, I've been on, I don't know how else to say it besides calling it depression medicine because it is that. Mm -hmm. And it's actually been really helping me. So I had to find comfort in, in sharing that publicly because mm -hmm. um, that was something that I was not comfortable with for many years. Um, and so now that I've been on it for almost five months, I think, um, you podcast listeners would know way too much about me. I'm going to say that, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it did help me. And so now I'm feeling kind of like Beyonce at the Oscars after the slap happened, 
she was just casually looking behind her like y'all see this shit but it ain't mine though <laughs> and i feel that and that's how i feel i'm just gonna be as calm cool and collected as possible and mind my business does that be a poltergeist reaction um image if you if i say so myself a what reaction? I'm sorry. Like a Pulitzer Prize winning reaction. Pulitzer. I was like, Pulitzer. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh, yes. You're fine. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to keep rolling with that and do what I got to do and take care of me and keep it moving. That's where I'm at. Look at us both taking care of our energies and feeling good. Listen, because five years ago, Eva was taking too much care of everybody else's energies. And now I don't have time for that. So shout out to medicine and therapy. Um, we, (laughs) we have our meme moods established. So now I'm very thrilled to be bringing in these next two brilliant people. Uh, they're a fabulous time and I'm so excited for all the things they're doing in their world. Um, and I'm really excited for you all to meet Ruby and Ray Berger next. Um, and then of course the star of the best Selena tribute band in the world. Yeah, I'm claiming it. I'm putting it out there. We have... Uh, Stephanie Bergara from BDB Banda joining us here shortly um, for our interview a bit later. Um, but this episode was a long time coming, so let's jump in. It is now time for The Juice, El Juguito, where we discuss the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, news, and more. Um, let's. I'm actually going to jump into one topic, and then we're going to bring Ruby and Ray up. Um, Because I just wanted to touch on this, and it's something I observed, and then we can have a lot more fun with the Mm -hmm. topics. I didn't want to throw them in there yet. Um, But I noticed a lot of different things in the community here in Dallas as of late, and it's really fascinating because it feels to me, and Pat, you can share whatever you'd like as well, but when we started the Colores, there wasn't a lot of, like, Latino and Black Indigenous POC, like, art events and like community events and even exhibits and so we were really intentional about creating these spaces and creating this podcast in that way and it's been really beautiful because through the podcast we were able to learn from a lot of brilliant um guests about their stories unpacking things like white supremacy and transphobia and um immigration and mental health right like all these really really important discussions and I think a lot of amazing people in the city you know learned from it with us and you know that's what I've heard through the years which is something we're really proud of um, as we've been going for five years but now I've noticed that there's a lot of like ego (laughs) and it's been really hard to unpack that in the last couple years since quarantine began because it feels as though like a lot of the people we kind of met through this creation have kind of like not turned their backs on us, but like, I don't know if it's a quarantine thing and people were just in it for the clout, but I just, to me, it's, it makes me a little bit sad because I really want us to be mindful of what community means and understand that we are all humans that are flawed. Right. And so I've noticed this come up a lot of times. Um, and I think I clarified on an episode in the past that we are no longer involved with 214 Selena. So I wanted to make that clear as well. And it's not because we didn't want to be, but because we were never contacted by them again, even though we housed their website and helped build the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't create it, but we helped for the last four or five years. And so it was really cold to me to then not be approached by them as the only woman who had walked into that space, right? 
I'm saying this again, not to be messy, but to make things clear that I want us to keep in mind the root of what our goal is as a community. Is it to uplift, uplift women, uplift LGBTQ folks, uplift people with cultural contexts and respect for our culture? <laughs> or is it just to make money off of it and look cool and get clout? Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say that because I do think that we have to keep uplifting the people who are uplifting the themes that matter. With that said, I also want to just note that I'm so glad to see that this um, exhibit, Drifting on a Memory, has come to the DMA. I hope that they do not ever rid of that exhibit. I hope it remains in the hallway because it's deeply beautiful. Um, And I also felt a little bit weird and conflicted because the person who curated that exhibit was an Afro-Latina woman who then got fired from the DMA. And that made me very uncomfortable to know because then she just got ignored and this exhibit got major publicity. And that just makes me feel really uncomfortable because at that point I'm like, who are we standing for if this thing is getting attention, but people are getting fired and thrown away in the background. And so something I wrote about in a blog a few months ago was like what I'm calling disposal culture. And I don't know if it's like offspring of quote unquote cancel culture, but this concept of just like letting people die over there in the corner and like taking their credit makes me really uncomfortable as someone who's been affected by it. It hurts a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to make that known because I think we owe a lot of the behind the scenes, a lot of times women of color, more credit and they're not getting it. And then we get to see the men shine and like other people shine. And it just makes me feel weird because I'm like, I'm not in this for the clout. I'm in this for building community. And I'm glad to have done that with some of the people, you know, even on this call. But I just wanted to make that known before we really jump into the fun juice topics, because it definitely is something that's been weighing heavy on my soul. And I really wish wish better for all of us, because that's beyond Dallas. I think that's global is like, Mm -hmm. no, if you're in it for money and power, like we're not going to (laughs) win. You know, that's just going to repeat the same um, cycles that we're already in. So you want to take a breath after that one I was like I know that was a lot I know that we've both been feeling that way and unfortunately I've noticed like I've talked to other artists and people and community workers within other places outside of Texas and it feels like that's unfortunately something that comes up a lot right um so thank you for sharing that of course Whew, I'm ready to get into the fun stuff uh, yes Let's- now it's time to bring Ruby and Ray yeah so please welcome to the Colores Radio Ruby Caramillo and Ray Berger. Yay. Hi, everybody. Hello. How are y'all doing? Hello. Welcome to the Colores Radio. It's good to have you here. Y'all are both like secret stars and y'all are so <laughs> humble about it. But I'm here. I'm here to let y'all to let y'all have this moment. <laughs> Ray's already making faces with his tongue out because he knows that he's a, he's a TikTok star. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about who y'all are, and then we can jump into this these topics. Uh, sure. Should we go in alphabetical order? Ray Berger <laughs> and then Ruby. Yeah. Go for it. It's actually uh, alphabetical order is actually the first moment we met in seventh grade. Oh my god, I love this story. Go ahead. Actually, for those who don't know, like we're engaged. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't say it. I was gonna let y'all say. Like it. we're an actual couple. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that was actually, that's actually how we met. In seventh grade, I took her cubby. Because my last name is Alva. 
with eight. Oh <laughs> my god, you took her cubby. So she was she was number one in her class for like what eight or nine years, and then I came <laughs> Damn. in took cubby number one. But that is so sad, but it worked out in the end. It worked out, you know. She stuck around. Yeah. She stuck around. She tolerated my shenanigans. I tolerate her benahadas. So I'm dead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I scared the crap out of him too because I like went up to him and I was like, "That was my cubby. I was supposed to be number one, and he was just like." Because Ray is a Pisces, Pisces king, and Hello, so Pisces, super, super non-confrontational. And he's like, "I'm just gonna keep putting my stuff in the cubby." Oh my god, <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, I definitely, I don't think I knew that you were Pisces, but I hope I wish you a happy birthday because I don't remember anymore. But um, I definitely love y'all story i know i learned more about it recently but i've seen you both around for years i feel like y'all have been coming to the colores events since the jump correct yeah i um so when i was unemployed for a while i, feel that. I, <laughs> I was feel like that. hella putting on instagram stories like every day i had like Monday was this day, Tuesday was Tuesday, oh, Tuesday. every day was like Instagram story heaven and <laughs> I like every two tunes Tuesday I would be like y'all need to listen to the colores Aww. Aww. I was like shouting y'all guys out and then like I wound up meeting some friends at one of your first like gray space events oh like my God. friends of the podcast from y'all guys reposting my stuff, like we became Instagram friends. Shout out Carol. Yeah. Oh, yes, we love Carol. Y'all gotta come through. Then she brought like Alyssa and she was like, we're gonna have like a little dinner before we go to y'all's art I show. I love it. And Alyssa, and we go way back with Alyssa. That's what she said. Yeah. Y'all are yeah. kind of cool kids. And yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. share a lot of same traumas too. <laughs> no, hello. We can maybe get into that later. If not, we might have to do another Catholic trauma school. Episode. Oh no. That would be a full episode. I meant to say Catholic school trauma, but I said Catholic trauma school. And I think that was a problem. <laughs> I mean, it's, it could be the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sorry, mom. No, it's fine. It kind of made me who I am. Um, well, both of you, tell me a little bit more about what y'all do, and then we'll jump into our topics. Ray, I'm going to throw it at you. i go first. Yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> um, I'm a music producer and DJ based in Dallas. I make um, a fusion of club music with Latin music. I've been doing that for a few years. So that's my uh, that's my little campion. That's what I do. But uh, <laughs> as you mentioned, TikTok. Um, this year, I made like my first real TikTok. Literally, literally January first. Oh wow! And, uh, on February first, I had like ten thousand followers. From wow! It grew in a month. Yeah, Less oh, than I month. didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. I, I will say. Sorry, I was just going to say, when I first met you, you commented on how you kind of resemble Michael Pena, and I agree, but I mm -hmm. think you've grown out of the Michael Pena vibe now. You are fully Ray Berger, the amazing producer from Dallas. Michael Pena. I get, I get a bookie now. A Not a bookie. <laughs> <laughs> I like You're a modern, modern bookie. Um, yeah, All that's, right. that's what I do. Ruby, tell us a little more about yourself, and then we're going to jump into some of these topics. 
Um, so I help Ray with all his Ray Burger project. A lot of work goes into the pendejadas. Yeah, uh, I bet. So, you know, I'm his stylist. Uh, yes. Big partner in crime with doing a lot of that. Um, and then I actually own an insurance agency with my mom. So that's my nine to five now. Yeah. I left the nonprofit world because um, actually, I think you've talked about it in some episodes, Eva. Like, it's so <laughs> emotionally draining. Another and trauma I, school? Yes. I know. Like, the, I feel like the Catholic school to nonprofit <laughs> to, like, like the therapy pipeline is yeah. real. <laughs> it's true. We should make a graphic. It will go yeah. viral. <laughs> Catholic school to nonprofit to, to therapy uh, pipeline. Yes. So I still have my foot in nonprofit a little. I sit on the right. board at the state level and the local level for the Hispanic Women's Network of Texas. Um, and I'm really excited. I feel like I can announce it now because- Go for it. Share they what's going on. It, whatever. I'm going to be um, part of the 2020 cohort for the Dallas Public Voices, which Woo! is the Off-Ed Project. And a lot of friends of y'all's podcast, like yes. Jody Yellowfish and yes. uh, Victoria Ferrer-Ortiz were on yes. the list. So I'm excited to get a work with them. Aww, I'm excited for you. Congratulations. I, have, I really have imposter syndrome. If I was like Miami mood, it would just be like, I like. <laughs> well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you can start kicking imposter syndrome in the ass because you've been involved in a lot of amazing work mm-hmm. just as yourself. I'm glad that Ray Berger has you behind his uh, BTS because if anything, yeah. I, we know a lot of, there's a lot of badasses behind the scenes making mm-hmm. our stars shine. And so you have a lot of that, um, a lot of that gold as well. So congratulations. I hope um, you soon punch imposter syndrome in the face because you definitely deserve all the, all the, all the beauty coming your way. Um, So we will now jump into some of our juice topics. Um, I'm going to start with one that I have not watched, but I heard about it. Maybe this is why I haven't watched it because it'll mean the closing of my childhood. And that is that apparently Arthur the Aardvark aired its final episode. And I was really sad about it. I don't know how y'all feel about Arthur. Arthur was very much my emotional support TV show as a kid, like my favorite cartoon of all time. Um, I was glad to learn a few years ago that uh, Mr. Ratburn was gay. I did not know that, but it made a lot of sense for my entire current being. Um, but anyways, were, were y'all Arthur fans? How do y'all feel? I was sad. I haven't watched it yet, but I I did love me some Arthur. I was a big time Arthur fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did not have cable until yes, my like, senior year of high school. Oh so my God. I didn't you had already been with- through it all. <laughs> I really didn't grow up with a ton of the same jokes. Like my parents would take me to the library and we would rent out like SpongeBob VHS or whatever. Aww. So that's like this. I know the hits, you know, but I don't right. know it like that. But we don't Arthur, know the deep cuts. Yeah, I yeah. got you. <laughs> Arthur was my everyday. Like my grandma would pick me up from school. We'd go to Minyards or whatever, and then we'd watch Arthur. Yeah. I was obsessed. And I love so. it. I love it. No, same. That's what it was, though. It was there for us. PBS was there for us because we didn't have cable. Yeah, I right. Too, but like, I remember I would watch Arthur sometimes. But like, I have like I was always spoiled growing up with TV. <laughs> my parents loved TV, and my grandparents loved TV. Yeah, those were like the two places I spent all my time. So I did. Y'all had like cable, like, cable, you know, snap, snap. But I yeah. do remember like one time I did want to see Arthur because we went to the uh, the Lancaster Public Library because I'm from Lancaster. Uh-huh. Lancaster. Okay, okay. Represent. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, <laughs> we went to the library, but I was like, ah, I really don't want books, so I rented this Arthur 
thing, and I thought it was uh-huh. gonna be episodes. And then we take it home, put it in the VCR. What was and it? It's like the book video where it's like just a still just reading it, <laughs> talking. And I've never felt so upset in my life. Yeah, I'm like that's definitely mid compared to the levels that I'm Arthur just, can I was take you. To see like some unreleased episodes of Arthur. No, yeah, you gotta yeah. see some. I hope you've watched it more now. I do, yeah, you know, especially with the it, whole meme, like the yellow sweater and the fist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's very telling of like young millennials, though. Like SpongeBob and Arthur are like supreme meme kings, you know. And I'm like, oh, it's because us yeah. young millennials connect with literally those yeah. probably more than anything else. <laughs> but uh, shout out to Mark Brown one time for writing uh, some of the best kids books, and then you know, letting it evolve into the beauty that was Arthur. I could really probably write a thesis on Arthur because that I, it meant that much to me, but we're going to keep it moving because we have a lot more to discuss. Um, something that I personally didn't want to dig into too much, but I just wanted to touch base because everybody is still talking about it, was the Oscars a little bit. I don't really care to get into the slap conversation that much because it was outplayed. And I think everything they're doing to Will Smith Will Smith now shows how racist Hollywood still is because they are treating him worse than all the abusers in Hollywood. And so I don't care to touch on that. But I was curious if y'all watched the Oscars at all. I did not watch any movies this year. So I was kind of just watching because I love, you know, the Hollywood things. But I think we missed the whole point of the Oscars because of this scenario. And then it made the next award shows feel boring because it was so chaotic. Yeah, so I used to be an Oscar stan. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would have Oscar watch parties. I put Same. on my full ass quinceanera outfit to watch the Oscars. Shut up. Like, I love this not? story. Like, I love this story. I used to love it. I used to want to, like, work in the movies and win an Oscar one day. And then, like, as the years went on, I just got very disillusioned by it. You learn a lot about the Academy and how things right. are worked, how things are, get to nomination, even status. Right. And... I just was like, you know what? Fuck this, man. This is a fashion show now. Yeah. I'm just watching for the fashion and yeah. for, to to see the messiness of it all. You know, I of love course. a celebrity mess. At the end of the day, millennials were children of Press Hilton. We love some mess. Yeah. And so I'm like, we weren't even watching it. We watched Seinfeld and then our phones were blowing up about Will Smith. Oh, really? Oh, like, I'm dead. Should we pause? So is this like a moment that our kids are going to ask us it about was. one day? <laughs> it was a moment, y'all. It was unreal. Like, I thought it was a joke. Because it, it was just so, it was so, like, out of nowhere, kind of, that I was like, whoa, did that just, was that a bit? And then it obviously wasn't, so. Yeah, was Ray, wild. did you have any thoughts on the Oscars? If not, we're going to move on to the next White Institution Award show, the Grammys. <laughs> uh, pretty much the same brainwave as, as Ruby. Like we were literally watching Seinfeld. And didn't, <laughs> I didn't even know the Oscars was happening. No thoughts, just vibes. Just, yeah, I feel just, that. I feel that. Uh, did y'all? Did you watch the Grammys? Same exact thing as the Grammys. No. Okay, that's okay. No. Well, the Grammys did just happen. <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, this is definitely old news, all of it. But I just wanted to touch on these things because I thought. They're interesting. I was mostly happy with the Grammys because some people I really like, like SZA and Baby Keem and Tyler won. Um, So that was exciting to see. But I also don't give that much power to these places because, you know, um, that's just how it rolls. 
But um, let's see. I think our guest is also here. I don't know if she wants to jump in early. I know she's also in the music world. Do you want to chime in? Do you have any thoughts on the Grammys? <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Hi. Yes, welcome. <clears throat> Hi. So nice I um nice to see you too. Nice to be seen. <laughs> um so admittedly, I am actually a member of the recording academy, the Grammys. Beautiful. Um, I was like, yeah. I know you're gonna have way more insight than us, <laughs> like just nonsense. Well, I oh, I mean, it's it, the show is you know one night of the year of 365 days of advocacy work. The Grammys, admittedly, have said historically we have so much more work to do to not be so white, mm. and they're working through that, and they're you know engaging with members like myself and members like Cam Franklin from the Suffers in Houston, nice. who are working to you know make it uh, not so white. Um, yeah, I was right. like you, Eva. I was incredibly happy to see Baby Keen win an award. Yeah. I was happy to see Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick and SZA, yeah. and Juanes also won an award, which you know I'm a Juanes fan hardcore. Right, but of um, you know Grammys, I think for as much as they were called out in the past few years, are progressively trying to get better. We got a long way to go. I say we, like I give the awards. I don't. Right. Hey, but, maybe one day you can. Maybe I'll, yeah, we'll see. But hello. Yeah, they, but like I think that of the larger trade, I think the Grammys are doing way better than the Oscars are doing. Of acknowledging, like very upfront, hey, we we've been doing this wrong, and we're going to do better. Right. So, um, you know, I I was I I love the Grammys, but to Ruby's point, for me, both shows are really just a fashion show. Yeah. I just watch for the fashion. <laughs> I what I was dying to see what Billy Porter was going to wear. Okay, but then whose see- fashion did y'all like? Because I was really a fan of Lil Nas X's look. I love things. I loved it. I loved his whole look. I loved his whole set or his performance. Yeah. Uh, it was great. I loved Sis's dress. I thought she looked stunning. Yeah, that was beautiful. Did you see the heels she was wearing in the like Yes, on- but I was also confused why she had crutches at the same time. I was like, yeah. what is happening here? Maybe she needed the crutches because the heel I don't know, but I just yeah. noticed that she had on high, high heels. Um, she had hurt her leg. She hurt her ankles right before the Oscar or the Grammy. But then she, why are you wearing heels, Ma? I think she still wanted to take pictures and stuff. That's why she was holding the crutches and stuff for images. But then there was pictures I saw on um, Twitter where it was little Nas X was pushing her. In, yeah, in that, that was funny. Wheelchair. I saw that. Yeah, so I think she had hurt her ankle right, like the day before the Grammys. Yeah, I was like, girl, mm. I would have just, you would have seen me in a boot or a flat. Because yeah. that is not it. Fashion before yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> Maybe they're better fashion queens than me because I was like, ooh. But yeah, very much did it. But did you die? Situation. She didn't die. She looked stunning. No, she did yeah. not. She did not die. She did look stunning. Doja Cat looked stunning. I'm glad Jasmine Sullivan finally got a Grammy as oh well. Just there's a lot of things that I'm like, okay, this is fine. Olivia Rodrigo had a good night. I was yeah. very glad, and I don't mean to sound like a hater, but I was glad to see Billie Eilish did not take the night away. Because there's some people that I'm like, these people have worked a little harder. Let's, I would like to, not that they don't work hard, but it's like, if you have an in with a produ- like a producing family, whereas these other people like started from scratch, I definitely, it's it just right. feels a little different. Mm-hmm. It hits different. Right. And there's a lot to be said about like your Billie Eilish, I call her Billie Eilish, and actually I yeah. always call her that right now, Billie Eilish. The Billy Eilish's <laughs> of the world and like the Taylor Swift. She got nominated for like record of the year. And I was like, if they give her record no, of the year and she's not even here. And this is the one award here. she was nominated for. This is some bullshit. Sorry. But exactly. Like, I, no, I agree. I agree. 
so uh, there is something to be said about people who start from privilege you know like you have a leg up you don't have anything else to worry about make about other than making music you're gonna do if you're even remotely good you're gonna have a leg up right so absolutely I agree 100%. I have one more juice topic. And then I'm going to chat with Ruby and Ray a little more before we jump into our interview, Stephanie, Um, which is actually it's two more topics. This is perfect. Uh, One is briefly RuPaul. Have you been watching the newest season? What? <laughs> Not this deep breath. Know, that, that shrug. The the season that's lasted two years. Yeah. I'm, an, I'm one episode behind. So my I recently got my mother into RuPaul's Drag Race, and oh, my son. I love that. My son Your also son? kind of passively watches. My son thinks Aww. drag queens are princesses. They oh, are. Princesses. They are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, They're queens. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. So he's very, he's very immersed in it. And my mother's also immersed in it. I'm an episode behind. This is the longest season of all time. It is. I'm kind of over it. And I hate to say it. I'm still watching because I'm probably a RuPaul addict, but not beyond America because I guess I don't have time. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm ready for it to wrap up. I'm ready for the new season. When yeah. yeah, when Bosco, I don't spoiler alert. When the last queen who was eliminated last week, when she opened that and it was gold, I was like, oh my oh, god! No. I think we all grunted. We were like, no. I wanted it to be either Willows or Georgia's with the with the gold, and I yeah. was just like, I miss. There was a bunch of like uh, tweets and stuff because everybody would just keep saying like it's chocolate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, was I like, saw those. I was like, damn it! I wanted hers to be chocolate. I didn't want Bosco yeah. to stick around. Who do you want to win? Oh. oh shoot! I can't say that much. I'll just I'll go with one answer. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Nigeria. I really want Nigeria to win. Yeah, same. I'm um, an Nigeria Willow. I think Lady Willow's Camden is cool too. I could take oh, any three of those. Cool. Yeah, I like Angeria. If she doesn't win, Angeria for Miss Congeniality for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there, yeah. there's a, there's definitely some charming characters on this season, but uh, yeah, yeah. So we are gonna jump into our final juice topic then. Ruby and Ray, thank you for patiently waiting. I know you have watched RuPaul in the past, but hadn't watched this recent season, so hopefully we didn't spoil it too much for everyone. <laughs> um, but the final um thing that is being discussed, um, obviously it was the twenty fifth anniversary of the selena movie you can bring her back she's gonna talk about this <laughs> yeah, i'm like, sorry this, yeah this is definitely for our friend stephanie to, to discuss as well um the 25th anniversary of the selena movie um is being celebrated this year and then they recently announced as well that they were going to make a new song or album with her voice that they're gonna like regenerate from her 13 year old voice is what i heard um and so that is really fascinating i personally do not think we need a post what is it called not posthumous is that it Mm -hmm. yeah uh i don't think we need that kind of album i think uh we have plenty (laughs) but i think that is a trend that is happening a lot with people you know that die too soon is that we're getting these like legacy legacy albums you know and i just i don't know i i'm i feel uncomfortable about it but i want to hear everybody else's thoughts you want to start steph sure uh uh i i also am on the fence about it i honestly like have purposely been avoiding reading into anything at first like i found myself going down a rabbit hole like well when is it coming out yeah. and what music is it from is it from like her last stuff or is it her stuff when she was 13 years old I'll be really interested to see it 
but I won't be at the front of the line Correct. to listen to. I may not listen to it the day it comes out. I don't even know when it comes right. out. Yeah, no, um, same. <laughs> but like, I, you know, with the job that I do, I can, I am met with a lot of Selena content. Um, so for myself, like it just like, you know, as exciting as it is, like, I think it's just for me, I'm like, okay, another thing for me to keep up with it. And like, we're not going to be, the band's not going to be learning the songs or anything like that. You know, no. to listen to it. it's exciting. Um, we make you use your own 13 year old voice as well somehow. <laughs> oh my God. It would, you don't want, nobody wants to hear that. No. But it's just like, you know, I feel like the, the, the film super exciting my son we watch the film every night after bedtime like I think my four-year-old knows more about Selena than any little boy on the planet I love it but as he should honestly with with his mom it's kind of has to be on brand for him oh he thought I was Selena until yeah like a couple a couple weeks ago I love it yeah uh, I mean it's exciting it's good to see all the content I you know I first and foremost of course I'm a Selena fan a Selena Stan and I love to see new stuff but I I won't be the first person in line to get it you know what I mean like I don't I haven't you know I feel the same way. I'm like, meh. But people are like, are you a Selena fan? And I'm like, I am chilling, y'all. I am stuck yeah. on La Leyenda from 10 years ago. And that's okay with 100%. me. 100%. Yeah. I'm still listening to those remixes. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. Ray, Ruby, do y'all have any thoughts? Ray, I know you've done a lot of mixes with different classic songs right now. What do you think about all this uh, wave? And Ruby as well. I always love hearing from my fellow Tejanas about their thoughts. Yeah, I think it's, I hadn't fully read up on how they're going to release new Selena, but I, uh-huh. I just pulled it up real quick just to do a little quick recap. Yes, your own research. So they're they're going to take like thir- recordings from when she was 13 year old and I guess pitch shift them down a little bit, tune them so that they sound like she did before she passed away. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, if it's recorded, release it. It's very yeah. Selena Estate-like. But yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I love That's true. Everybody loves some Selena. Every time yes. I've played anywhere and dropped some Selena, people tend to go I, crazy. No, I think it's a safe bet. And it's very funny. And I'm sure it's similar in Austin or anywhere throughout Texas. But, like, mm-hmm. if a DJ is not doing so hot and they have even a quarter of a Latino crowd, that will that will absolutely turn up your crowd immediately. So exactly. it's definitely she holds heavy power forever. Ruby, do you have any thoughts? I mean, part of me is excited, but part of me is just like, let her rest. Yeah, you know? for sure. And a big part of me is like, I think there's this big shift where people know that Latinas have this buying power and mm. it is a safe bet to just put Selena on something and we're going to buy it. And yeah. so at some point it kind of feels a little, like I tend to take a little bit of personal offense sometimes when people mm. market to me just like, Selena and Conchas, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, sure. like we're so much more. And I really wish that maybe her estate um would do a little bit more to push like new Tejano artists, mm-hmm. Tejano artists. And yeah. it's just kind of like we could have given this platform to some of those newer artists who are trying following her. Absolutely. So she has a big legacy. Yeah. So it's like I'm excited for it, but at the same time, I'm not gonna be the first person. I'm also not the yeah. person to like. <laughs> go to H-E-B and wait for the reusable bags and stuff. Yeah, you know? no, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's exciting, but it's also like, I, I'd love to see her estate do more to build her legacy beyond just mm. like merchandise. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. I I definitely, I guess even like I'm, I, I published, I'm publishing this blog about my relationship to Selena and it kind of comes to that, right? Where it evolved from like, 
there was no one we had in media to look up to as Mexicanos in Texas specifically, right? Because there's Mexicanos in Cali, but Mexicanos in Texas that made it big, I personally like didn't see many, especially women growing up, right? And so it's like, I think that's what caused that in the movie and obviously her her brilliant talent and legacy to really then like make it fluctuate to the superstar dome. And then now it's like to see her exploited, I want to say, right? To the point where it's like we're losing her character because all we see is the imagery. It is a little bit disheartening, right? And it, it is a little sad because then they are equating us to that, right? We are only Conchas and Selena, right? And like even as Decolores, I can say our evolution from the beginning to now is completely different. So I do hope for more nuance soon. I know her family has been critiqued a few times for that sort of thing of just capitalizing on her image. And even when we spoke to Svani, he kind of shared some of those like insider things as well. And so that was interesting to, to unpack. I know when I don't know if y'all listened to that other Selena podcast that came out from um, Futuro Media. Um, oh, yeah. And that oh, one that. actually provided some... Di- yes, you were, you were. Yeah. But it's like that one did... She said, period. Uh, but that one did provide some different insight, right? Where it was just like, oh, it was nice to hear from the dad because you can hear the pain is still there, right? Like the hurt is still there. Um, and it almost like unvillainized him for me in a way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because we kind of did just have this perception of this, this man that we never get to see that was you know, pretty angry. Um, and so it was definitely interesting to listen to that as well. But I am curious what will happen even in the next five years with her legacy, because it seems to keep evolving, but not necessarily in the direction it could, which I think is what um, you're saying, Ruby. And I absolutely agree with that. Um, but I believe that our, all, those are all our juice topics. So I'm going to bring Stephanie back a little bit later for our interview and Ruby and Ray, can you share more with us what y'all are up to and how we can support y'all's work as we close out the juice? Yeah, sure. Um, well, we, uh, as we said earlier, Ruby helps me with my Ray Burger projects and I have a number of shows coming up, but you should definitely follow both of us on the gram. Yay. Or the TikTok, stay updated. Absolutely. Uh, I'm you're doing Uber. something. You're doing something called Carne Asada Fest. Yes. I'm glad you well, tell us more about that because it just sounds good, and I hope I somehow uh, yeah. get a special ticket or something. I'll see what I can do. I know yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Carne Asada Fest is a big music festival slash food festival. It's happening in Dallas. Uh, it's May 29th at the Southside mm. Ballroom. Nice. I am on the lineup alongside uh, Nina Sky, Paul Wall, Slim Thug, El Dusty. Okay, period. So, yeah, there's a lot of talent on there, a lot of great food vendors sponsored by Pizza Patron. Shout out Shout to out. Shout out to Pizza Patron. I got a special hey. place in my heart for Pizza Patron, $5. Yeah. <laughs> they have, some, they have some amazing pizza. We, we yeah. tasted some today. And that was, <laughs> did, did it slap? Was the Chori Queso? It was called Chori Queso. Oh, they got a Chori Queso pizza now. Chori Queso pizza, bro, that was so good. It was the way so that good. I want to try that with my lactose pills right next to me. <laughs> I am ready. They had a carne asada pizza too that we tried, and it was so good. And it had like a limon and salsa, and in the box with it that you put on top. Stop. I lo- bro, they know like, how to market to us. They do. But we you all, you know what? They've been about us though. Well, because they're only in certain parts of town i think they're from dallas right yeah the first ever pizza patron was in 1986 in pleasant grove 
And then, you better know the year it was born, 1986 from Pleasant Grove. We were just briefed. No. <laughs> no, but I love that because that's the thing is like I so you either when if you were buying cheap pizza, you were either getting little C's little Cisa or you were getting Pizza Patron. And my family was like so half of them were little Caesar, but my mom was Pizza Patron. So I like low key mm. prefer Pizza Patron because I think it has more flavor. Yeah, I've grown up knowing them but just never i've never been really in proximity to one right right Not for sir. so we have we have yeah. pizza hut dominoes you know, the regulars pizza. yeah of course but, um, well let pizza patron know if they want to sponsor us we will take it because i have history <laughs> with them okay you're like okay eva whatever <laughs> all right yeah. what else y'all got going on where can we find and follow your work we definitely uh wish we had more time but we have to keep moving uh, well, you can find Ray at Yo Ray Burger on Instagram and then Ray Burger everywhere else. Uh, one word, if you make it two words, it's like some guy in the hospitality industry. He does not tweet like that. Like, I'm to- <laughs> Shout out to Ray Burger, the owner of Pineapple Hospitality. I'm dead. Oh my God. You can find uh, Ruby. Yes, Ruby, yeah. plug yourself. We're going to kill that imposter syndrome. We're not just boosting the fellas. We got a <laughs> you can find me at Remix Ruby on Instagram um, and Remix Ruby pretty much everywhere else, TikTok, everything like that. I'm not a DJ. I just play one on Twitch occasionally. So, <laughs> you know, but we'll take yeah. it. you're also a beautiful fashionista and you're uh, I, I really, truly mean um, great gratitude to both of you because I've known you all for a few years now and I'm, I feel like we're starting to get to know each other a little more as of late and so I definitely wish you all the excess, success in both of your careers and I'm grateful for all the support y'all have shown the colores and, and I wish you the most beautiful marriage and life and everything else so hopefully we'll get to party together soon yeah for sure love it well thank you for joining the colores radio that wraps up the juice and we are going to take a little break Hello, this is our commercial break, where I am here to encourage you to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash decoloresco. You can also donate to us at decoloresradio.com slash donate. We've been doing all this amazing work for over four years. We deeply need your support and your help. You can get all the exciting BTS videos, all the cringy moments in between each segment, on our patreon so subscribe today thanks welcome back stephanie stephanie vergara is a musician event producer and public speaker from austin texas over 14 years stephanie has amassed a unique level of experience in various sectors of the music industry she's the talent director of chingona festival and lead singer of austin music award winning selena tribute band and who i consider the best selena tribute band in the world bdbd banda in 2020 stephanie and bdbd banda implemented a diversity clause in the band's contracting which specified the inclusion of people of color and the lgbtq community in order for the band to participate in any performance opportunities which is amazing she lives in east austin with her four-year-old son and i am so excited to be bringing her on to the colores radio it's been a long time coming please welcome to the colores radio stephanie vergara oh my gosh i'm so happy to be here yay hello beautiful how are you thank you i'm good i can't tell you what it means to be like a guest on my favorite podcast stop you're gonna make me cry no, like this is, I've been listening forever. And like mm. uh, you and I actually didn't meet, but I was interacting with uh, Pat and Decolotus 
at our show at the Canton Hall. Yeah. Um, where I met Justin. And I, w- I could not believe my eyes. I was on stage and I was like, is that a Dakota's banner? And Aww. I like beelined right after. So I'm happy to yeah. talk to you. And this is like very full circle for me. So I love yeah. it. Welcome to the show. You're welcome whenever you want for the record. Oh, okay. You. <laughs> Since you did bring up uh, meeting us in the past, I want to share that um, probably within the first few months of our formation, we went to see you at the House of Blues. And I was so shook because that was the first time I saw any kind of Selena tribute band. And I like remember telling, uh, you know, the colores Mm -hmm. at the time, this is the closest I'm going to ever be to Selena because I never, you know, I didn't get to attend a concert. So I was like, wow, this person is so amazing. And it also made me so happy because I was like, oh, and she's curvy. So I like her even more, you know? Yeah. And so I definitely have such a sweet spot for you, Stephanie. And I know um, you got to meet Justin as well. So shout out to Latinos Who Lunch, who helped open the door for a lot of us uh, Latinx oh podcasts. And it's so great to have you here. So welcome. I'm happy to be here. I didn't know you'd been to the House of, House, of, House of Blues show. Is that at Dallas? Yes, it was House yeah. of Blues Dallas, and I think it was 2017 or 2018. It was 2017. Those shows that weekend was the weekend that I found out that I was having a baby. And oh, I was my gosh. I yeah. did and it. Wow, the layers. Yeah. I, I love it. My, yeah, my dad, Ray Berger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, he actually surprised me at one of my shows and I hadn't told him or my mother yet that I was pregnant. I was playing on stage and my oh, dad was watching and like, gosh. it was a uh, very full circle. And I, you know, it, thank you for saying that those very nice things about Selena. You know, I realized really early on in doing this project that, you know, I, I've always known this, but like, I'm not a Selena looking person. I died mm. and, and the goal of the Banda was never to embody that. Right. We wanted to make good music, and I always looked at doing. I always look at Bitty Bitty Banda as like a stepping stone to the next thing that I want to do. You know, we're mm. borrowing this. We're on borrowed time here. Right. So I appreciate you saying that about the band. Of course, no. Listen, I was just so I was living okay because I, you know, I've been a Selena stand most of my life. So yes. seeing someone perform her, I was like, wow. And you have such a powerful voice oh, that can really you. just rip through everyone's hearts, and it's just so beautiful so i'm glad we finally got you on the show and we get to learn more about you with us here today um do you mind sharing with us a little bit more about how you grew up i know you're um an austin og so i want to hear i want to hear more about your upbringing yeah so i am a born and raised austinite i grew up in the dump springs part of austin which is southeast um awesome. so uh, for the for all intents and purposes i usually say i'm from east austin because i went to school in east austin and i you know, grew up in playing baseball and softball and doing all these things in the east part, eastern part of Austin. We live southeast, but I grew right. up east. Um, consuming Tejano music, all kinds of music, especially Tejano music from the time I knew what music was and my eyes were right. open. Of course. Um, it was so special to me and so, you know, important to, to things I remember. Cornerstones of my life, birthday parties, quinceañeras, my first communion. There was Tejano music Everything. there. Everything, absolutely. Everywhere, yeah. So um, my parents, mom and dad are blue collar as blue collar as it gets my dad drives an 18 wheeler across the country still to this I day it. i love my it. mom's the principal secretary at the high school i went to oh wow and, yeah and they always like always supported everything i wanted to do creatively but they were in the back of like after they'd be like yes go do that thing they'd be like but how are you going to make money uh-huh. like what's, what's, what's the money you. plan mm-hmm. yeah so um 
I went to the uh, like Ruby. I went to the University of Texas in San Antonio. Shout and, out! Yes, go runners. Um, <laughs> and I went, and I was supposed to be going to school, and I ended up just kind of going to Tejano clubs and watching mariachi rehearsals and <laughs> doing all the things other than going to school. Of course. So, yeah. So I, you know, I got a job at the mall and and you know dropped out of school. And you know, my mom at the at the same time, all this was happening. My mom got really sick. She got breast cancer when I was mm. nineteen. Oh wow. Yeah, and I, my, you know, my, it's my family is just myself, my brother, and my parents. Well, mm-hmm. since grandchildren have come, but um, right. we were very close. My dad and brother had a really hard time figuring out how to emotionally support my mother. So right. I, I made the decision to drop out of college and go home and help take care of my mom. And had I not done that, none of the things that have fallen into place would have happened. You know what I mean? Wow. I would have done. I went to school to be a police officer. Oh my yeah. God. I did not. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. so interesting. I don't know if you listened to our episode with Prisca, but she said the same thing that she wanted to be a police officer at one point. And I'm like, wow, that is so fascinating because I definitely, I obviously don't, I don't relate, but I, I, I know it. It's how it goes. Cause you think of it as probably like helping the community, right. Or something along the lines called you to it as a, as a young person. For sure. And like, I think my mindset was like, what job and like, you know, hindsight is 2020 of like, what job does the most up do the most upstanding citizens in the country have? The police force. Right. Let's do that. I'm gonna be the now. I'm like, holy shit. Can I swear yeah. on this podcast? Okay. Please. Okay. Now I'm we like, oh my god, it. what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. Now, you know, if I, if my life would be so much different had I not dropped out of college and not pursued, you know, music as a as an actual job. So, um, my mom's my mom's doing much much better. She's in remission now. She's been that. in remission for 15 years. Beautiful. But um. It was a really, it really took a toll on our family. And, you know, it, mm. if anything, it taught me that I really needed to just kind of go for it, go for whatever it is that I wanted to do. Right now, because you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So at 22, I got an internship at Visit Austin uh, in the music office where I just started saying yes to everything. I was like, wow. I will sell fly- I will sell posters. I will sell tickets to the door. I'll do flyers. I'll run production. I will, you know, go to the grocery store and buy things on a writer. I will learn. I wanted right. to learn how to do Every I part. Learn how to do everything behind the scenes mm-hmm. because so that when I was ready to start my band I wouldn't have to ask silly questions or what I thought were silly questions or ask for you help I wanted do. to be able right and it ended up putting me in this job where I was a junior booking agent out of a, out of a um, booking agency out of San Francisco called High Road Touring nice. so I learned how to put myself in contracts and then I learned after that I went to go work at a publicity firm in Austin called Giant Noise and I learned how to do publicity I was in the business of making other people look good and I you know in turn took some took what I needed from that and then was asked to come and work this job at the city of Austin in the music office. I was, I've been poached at every job I've ever gotten. How funny. Um, yeah. So, and then two years into doing the city work, I started Bitty Bitty Banda and I never looked back. And so, how long um, has Bitty Bitty Banda been going now? Eight years. Eight years. That is amazing. Yeah. I hope you'll have it, a big anniversary for the 10 year. We certainly are. Huge. Um, I was oh, gonna say God. I think the same first time I saw you was when you probably first started because it was during Pachanga Fest. That was oh did I have on did I have on like the the um revised red sparkly thing on? I think so. It was at the Empire Control Room and y'all opened. Oh, it was girl. like a- that was our <laughs> first show. That was our first show. That ever. was his first show ever, and I was ever. there. Yeah, and Pat used to live in Austin, so Pat. Yeah, has a little more. yeah, I remember because that was my first time going to Pachanga, and I saw that y'all were doing the opening party like thing for Pachanga Fest, and I was mm-hmm. like, 
oh, babe, I'm going to go see this band. They sound really cool. And I remember going and being like, wow, they're really good. And Girl. yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that, wow. We thought we were so bad. I literally was like, oh, my God. Like, I had recruited nine other musicians to play with me. And I was like, these guys and girl are going to jump off the stage and not help me any, like at no. any minute. We, oh well, we had gosh. planned to learn. Okay. We planned to learn seven songs. We were, and I don't remember what the seven were, but two of them were Carcacha by Lesta Cumbia, right. No Me Queda Mas, and Chico del Apartamento Cinco Doce. So six weeks before the first, this, this show, I get all these musicians into here. And we all, it was like all of us collectively at the same time realized there's a huge difference between listening to this song and playing this song. Cause we had all been like, Oh yeah, we know it. Yeah. Yeah. We're fine. We know it. Even me. I'm like, and it's one thing about the banda, all the songs that we do, we sing in the original Selena key. So I am singing the songs in the exact same. Wow. Key she's singing them. No changes. Wow. Um, icon. Icon. Pat, little, little pat on the back. I, no, I big pat. Like oh blue. my gosh. Yeah. And we, we don't change anything about the arrangement at all in terms of the vocals. Wow. That's but amazing. we got in there and I we started playing Chico and I'm like, oh my God, there's three key changes in this song. And you know, this is my like first big band with drums that I'd ever played in. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And everybody in this room knows I'm not, that I don't know what I'm doing and they're going to leave. Um, and I definitely leave, did yeah. not know that you did not know what you were doing. And that was your not, first show. Cause it had an impact on me. And I think even when, when we finally saw, when we saw y'all as the colores, I was like, oh, I've seen them before in Austin and they're fucking Yeah, I'm cool. pretty sure you're who told us because I I was very much, you know, I've been a Selena stan. So they were like, oh, we have to go see them. I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Can I tell you how many people have come up to me after the show and been like, when you got up there and started singing that first song, I was not, I was not about it. I was trying to see what you were about. And by the end, like I couldn't leave. Yeah. which is amazing and it's a true testament to the work that my musicians my friends have done and how much mm-hmm. we've put into it like we want it to be different I don't want to be a Selena lookalike I don't want no. to have no. to kill myself to do that and you know for the first year and a half of doing the shows I was hand sewing like the bustier oh, wow. and like wow. I had like the mirror vest everything like I was oh, doing everything goodness. and I was yeah, we I lost money on the banda for the first three years because I was trying to do these damn costumes and I was blonde. Oh, blonde, hair as long as it is now, and I was bleach blonde. <laughs> so my little brother would have to come to my apartment and I put my hair in the big Selena bun and he would put black hairspray paint over my whole head. Oh, and I would gosh. be playing shows and like Rudy Giuliani full blown just coming down the side. <laughs> Not Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> Things I never thought would connect. Selena and Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> oh my gosh I was doing the most but I love it, it. It, yeah and I'm proud to say that now the band with all the versions of what we've done is really the true way that I've wanted what well, that I saw it mm. and, and that means everything from doing the stuff with AOC to you know this what what is what is, is now what we call the diversity clause is now an industry term it's called an inclusion writer right um, we were one of the first kind of touring bands to pick that up and do it but I love it it tells the story of what we want to be. And like, I don't, I have to go back to the po- talking points about the juice. I have a safe distance that I want to keep between myself, who I am and who Selena is. And I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like the more that we're, I'm able to do things like this, I can get myself off the ground in terms of going on to the next thing. And her legacy is a thing that I don't necessarily touch. And not that I even want right. to touch it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, um, I'm really glad that you listened to that anything for Selena's podcast with Maria. I did. Because- I had to. I had to. I it, it always anything Selena takes me a minute to to dive in because 
for so long it felt like such an emotional connection and like I'm publishing this blog post on our for our Patreon subscribers and I've avoided writing this for so long Stephanie and I think it's because it 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 I didn't realize why I was so emotionally connected to her and in writing this I was able to pinpoint it right like pinpoint where that connection came from that made it just so emotional for me. And so I, I always, you know, I, I think I listened to probably a couple months after it came out, but I still was like, wow, this is really amazing because you did get to see um, these other sides of, of uh, the family. Right. And a little more insight. And then I think for anybody that's not like a Tejana per se, they got to see what it's like to be a Tejana that has mm -hmm. had this like obsession essentially with this figure. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I definitely enjoyed it. I enjoyed hearing you. I was glad they got you on there. And, and you know, even with what Ruby said, it's like I'm ready for them to continue highlighting this new wave of artists and musicians and, and women in the arts in general, right, that are, um, you know, still fighting against a lot of the things Selena was fighting against, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I actually want to go backwards just a little bit because you have accomplished so much so quickly and I, I'm curious, when did you start singing or when did you recognize that you had a voice? I started singing, uh, let's see, you know, it kind of happened a little bit backwards for me. Like I was in this industry person and then I started singing. Wow. Um, I started, you know, I, I sang in the choir, Catholic school, Catholic school, Catholic church girl, just like, you know. Listen, I when I tell this. you that all my episodes and the guests all make sense somehow and I don't even know it, yeah. this is that. I love it. Yeah, I grew up playing in the Catholic choir and like of course. very Catholic school, you know, like it didn't didn't really have any other outlet. And I, you know, was so terrified to sing. I only really wanted to sing with other people. I, ooh, I feel that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I was like, they, they can hear me, but they can't really hear me. So this is where mm. I'm going to sit and live. And so I did that for years and years. And then um, I think probably when I started working at my this, you know, city government job, I felt like I had the space to try it out. Mm. Um, and you know, I was managing bands. So all, while I'm doing all this work, I'm also managing, you know, like Latinx bands. Um, there's a band from Austin called Estevato that I used to manage with eight guys and nice. half of, more than half of them ended up being in the first version of Bitty Bitty Banda. My oh, bass wow. player. Yeah. My bass player who's my best friend and my, my son's godfather is still in Bitty Bitty Banda. Oh, how sweet. Um, yeah, but he like, you know, they really were so I was like I think I want to do this thing I think I want to try to sing and then like they were so supportive of me and you know I initially had started a trio and we were just doing like silly cold play stuff yeah. and just stuff that like <laughs> that all the guys I'm like what do you know and they're like do you know this song I'm like yeah yep. I know that song let's go and for the it only, yeah and the only people that were coming to my shows were my mom and dad Aww. So I was like, I have to do something different I have to do something that people are going to pay attention to and just like when you're talking to Ray Berger people if you play Selena people are going to show up absolutely no absolutely. matter what yeah so yeah so we you know I did some kind of audience testing and and some work work throughs with some musicians I knew and we realized I could sing in the key of Selena wow um, so when so. okay so then I want to get even more specific did you know because I do think even part of that has to do with like you know I know some folks say imposter syndrome but like, did you alone sing and know that you had a voice and you just weren't ready to show it to yeah. the public? Is that what it was? Yeah. So uh, it's, I keep going back to what Ruby and Ray, Ray Berger were talking about, but like, like Ruby, I didn't have the internet. So yeah. if we didn't have the internet, we didn't have cable. So when my family finally got a computer, I was like, what can this thing do? And we had like yeah. a, 
we had so we had a, our first computer i have like a little microphone and i created a soundcloud account and i would mm-hmm. record these little bits of songs that i like mostly selena songs like stuff in spanish church songs and i would just pop them up on my soundcloud and i would like listen to them put my headphones in and listen to them and just like overanalyze myself i'm like could I hear this on the radio? Could someone else hear this on the radio? Would people pay to see this? So I like completely like went inside of myself and listened to my voice in my, literally the voice in my head Mm. for hundreds of hours before I let anybody even hear a peep out of me. Okay. I'm like, I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think that's the part with like any craft or expression is like, you know, you have it in you, but you have to believe in yourself enough to like make it known to the world. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, but you know you have that spark, right? And so, like, it, it is, it's definitely a sometimes very difficult process, right? To even say, like, hey, let me try this out to share with the world. Mm-hmm. But because of things like the internet, we have such a different access now than even, you know, 20 years ago, um, just because of how accessible it's become now. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you then, what first connected you to Selena? Do you remember that? Yes, it was an outfit. Um, it was the outfit that she wore to open up the 1994 Tejano Music Awards, the red okay. sparkly bustier with the with the crisscrosses in the front. Yeah, I was eight. So I was eight years old when Selena passed away. I think I was seven when I saw that for the first time. And mm. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that, and like she had on a short little kitten heel and right. a red ribbon, and her hair was up in this really like just like super trendy like loose buns mm-hmm. yeah and I remember going I want to do that that's what I want to be for the rest of my life I don't know how I'm going to do that but that's what I'm going to do wow. and I just became obsessed with her and I only mm-hmm. got in re- in real time I think I only got like a year of just being obsessed with everything she was doing yeah. and she was taken away <laughs> yeah um, no that's so real though like everybody yeah. has that connection right where it's like uh, again I talk about it almost in the like posthumous sense that like I I was one when she passed so like I didn't have an immediate memory of her yeah but I do have the like post Selena passing connection to her which is different you know but it's so fascinating because everybody had some sort of specific connection to her well it's like that that real time there's a singer named Lido Pimienta she's um Uh she's amazing and for like um right I saw her at South Bay a few years ago and for a while there I just became so enamored with everything yeah. she was doing and I went down a rabbit hole and but like she's the person I can consume in real time mm. you know Selena I was consuming for a year pre-internet pre-cable television I was just right. getting the bits and pieces I could find on, on public TV. access television yeah yeah for sure. or like there was like a oh man I wish I could remember the the name of the television show but every Saturday night at eight o'clock there was a Tejano okay I was like not Johnny Canales <laughs> no 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 that was Sunday but on my, on Saturday nights at eight o'clock there was a public access channel and they would show all these interviews and videos of these Tejano artists so like Emilio and David Lee Garza yeah and all those. of course yeah and every segment there was a Selena segment because she was she was you the girl to. she was the queen yeah and I remember like waiting for that and just like I'm aging myself here but like I would have the the VCR ready to record her segment so I could watch it and then watch during the week, watch uh, it after school. Okay, but that's so true, right? So, like, I I feel that in a very different sense. I, like, uh, what comes to mind is, like, I don't know if you ever, I don't know if this was a DFW thing, but there was, like, Flava TV. Did you ever hear about that? Okay, that might just be <laughs> DFW. But it's similar, and I, it actually makes me wonder, because I know what you're saying. I know my sister Susie has talked about 
And she would, you know, they would joke. I think even early in the Decolores podcast days, they would make fun of me because like, I didn't get to experience Johnny Canales the same way, you know, my older siblings did, but like, I obviously yeah. knew the legacy, but I'm like, we've kind of lost that touch because of the internet. We have so much access to these celebrities yeah. that like, we don't have these like very fun, almost local talk shows that celebrated these artists. And you saw the behind the scenes videos and you yeah. saw the videos themselves or how they were being made. And we like ate it up for breakfast, dinner, and lunch. Oh my <laughs> because gosh. Because we, we just craved the craft, right? We craved the yeah. artistry. And so, yeah, that makes me think of that. I'm like, wow, that aspect is kind of gone. We almost have too much of artists now. Yeah, I lived on five minutes of content, yeah. five minutes of new content a week. And now you go to Spotify, you can get every song Selena ever recorded. And they're regenerating know? her voice, you know, and, like, and more, wow. And more to come and more right. to come. Yeah. Right. And like, it, it's just so wild because you're right. You know, there, there was just this tiny piece that you got to savor and you had like, no wonder, like sometimes something will happen and it will unlock such a core memory from when yeah. I was a kid. I'm like, Oh my God, I overanalyzed. I knew every bead on this outfit, of course. you know, because I watched the video, watched the videos, the Nomica the Mas video. Oh my God. Um, that was one for me that I was just like, so consumed by and I watched it forever. And like, you know, I feel like at eight years old watching Selena, what you know witnessing what happened at post after her murder after knowing her alive was mm. so it was so strange it was like yeah. I for me as like I was probably emotions eight-year-olds shouldn't be feeling but for me I felt like I I can't be too sad because because I didn't know her but like to your mm. point she was the first person the first person I ever saw on television who looked like she could be related to me or right. Like I knew her. She just seemed like the girl mm -hmm. you meet at Whataburger at 2 a.m. Literally, you know I mean? literally. That's where I'm like, I think that's the thing that like, do I love to see the worldwide love she gets? Absolutely. She's deserving of it. And I think it's so fascinating because California girls are just as connected to her, right? Or like anybody from throughout the world is very connected to her. And I'm like, but there's something very specific about the Hana girls and our relationship to Selena because she was literally all we had right so yeah. even me that's a little bit younger than you it felt the same way like I was obsessed with the film because that was the thing I got to see right I got a little more than the five minutes I got the hour and a half film but I ate it up right and I was watching it every single day similar to your sweet son because it did it felt like home it felt familiar and it felt like it allowed me to dream as well and so yeah. that's where I'm like I, you know, do I sometimes get tired of the Selena conversations and like, do I understand, like, let's let her rest in peace? Absolutely. And at the same time, I'm like, I will always listen to a Tejana talk about Selena because especially if it's not from like a super, you know, exploitive nature, but I'm like, there is something almost spiritual for us with her. And we've kind of, we've, that's the whole reason that Colores was born. Right. So we definitely um, will always make a little space to, 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 to discuss all things Selena. A hundred percent. It does feel like, for, for me at least, it does feel like we have just a hair, maybe three hairs more of a bit of ownership of yeah. the, the, like, you know what I mean? And we, I remember we've, I mean, we've taken the banda all over the country. We were just in Nashville last weekend. I love it. It was great. Yeah. But, you know, people will come to our shows and like from all, from different places. We saw somebody in Denver once and like, uh, we got off stage and someone's like, we've seen some Selena tributes and some other Selena tributes have been here, but y'all are different. We can't really put our finger on it. I'm like, we're from we're, Texas. We're Texan. <laughs> we yeah. have the thing that she had. 
Yeah, you know, there, there's so many elements elements of of when I was. That's why I was so happy to hear Maria's version of the pod, Maria, the Anything for Selena podcast because mm-hmm. she gave so much of her. She put so much of herself into the story, and I feel like we can exactly. all relate to. You know, I I put so much of my story has to do with Selena, but it's different. And you know, mm-hmm. I do feel like I have a different type of relationship to her and her legacy in that way and I, I i definitely feel like it's something that you and maria and myself and other yeah. girls from texas who are within 10 years of our age range can relate right to. and isn't that amazing though that like we're all very different people in different areas but all have a similar connection because it does feel like to me i call her like a guardian angel you know like mm-hmm. she I, there have been times and this is gonna sound wild and i think i posted it on instagram like last year but there was one time where i was like looking for a sign from her and it like kept popping up and I was so shook because I was like holy shit like it's really right there you know and so it's just like okay thank you I'll receive it Saint Selena thank you I know my band thinks I am insane but sometimes like when we play we'll play shows or we'll play events where that I know that she's played before like we did State Drive Texas we've done the Marfa Ballroom in Marfa where she's played we've done the Violet Crown Club in Midland uh-huh. different pl- different things like that yeah, these sometimes very we'll- specific texan places yeah yeah sometimes we'll walk into a place and i'll be like she's here yeah she's i can see i can feel it it feels different um especially that state fair show like it was that state fair thing was wild that okay, one was so- more recently right uh it was 2018 okay my son's already been born okay. yeah but we so we had we were the only woman fronted band to be asked to play the state fair main stage that year wow only one and the day that we, we left at seven o'clock in the morning to get there for our one o'clock sound check, we had a family, like a family band meal before we got there. We went to Oddfellows and uh, nice. Bishop Arts. Arts. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we, we had a great time and we get there and it starts pouring rain, pouring, pouring. And like, they're like, we're going to play it by ear, but we may have to cancel. It. And I was oh, devastated. Shit. I remember literally sitting at, and like the, the fair was open every people were walking yeah, I'm like I feel like I maybe tried to go to that one that sounds mm-hmm. vaguely familiar it was pouring rain I remember grabbing a corn dog and a beer and sitting watching the stage get poured on and I'm like we're not gonna do this this isn't gonna happen for us but lo and behold the skies cleared and people showed wow. up with their umbrellas and we had an excellent show and she was that there that day amazing sure. that was yeah. the most texan line i've ever heard i had a corn dog and a beer <laughs> and i watched the rain go ahead and write your country song sis we're ready she said my corn dog oh my and my God. beer at the state fair waiting for the show to start. <laughs> <laughs> hey give me credit when you write the song okay i want to be in the little <laughs> i want to be on the side of the pamphlet of the cd thank you <laughs> No, but that's beautiful. I, I'm with, I'm glad to see, and this is where I'm like, we'll keep it, we'll we'll stop with the Selena, St. Selena antics there. But I'm like, no, I see you, I feel you. I'm glad we're on the same page because it's definitely like, you either get it, the girls that get it, get it, and the girls that don't, don't. Like, it's very mm-hmm. that because it's definitely more than just the the MAC makeup and the stripes cups the, and the H-E-B If I see bags. one more damn purple jumpsuit oh yeah. my god but no like seriously like it's it's crazy because you can't like it, it is hard for me to watch this this human being who lived a full life and who who, who gave so much to the world be kind of tokenized by one mm, thing yeah. by a lipstick or a jumpsuit or you know yeah. whatever I love everyone's interpretation I love to see different interpretations I love people creating new Selena things I love the content yes. and respect and support creators and I I think that we're starting to see a new wave of 
trust mm. in in the in the from from the family and and what people are wanting to do. Um, because I th- and I, there was a Rolling Stone article that came out earlier last year that um, I was interviewed for, and four other Selena tribute women were interviewed for, and we mm-hmm. they really everyone really kind of came clean about what our relationship is to the family, you know, and they, uh, full disclosure, they've been really, really hands off with me, but I think that they see exactly what I'm doing and what my intentions are. And they are pure. I don't want to be the next Selena. I don't want to wear a purple jumpsuit. That's her thing. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that. Right. I want to be the next me. And I think that they know, and I know Mm. that we're working, we're working kind of, I'm working kind of backwards here. You know what I mean? Like I do want to do my own stuff and I'm, my music is starting to come out slowly but surely, and I don't ever think I had any intention of being like a fifty-year-old silly impersonator. Some people do, that's not me. <laughs> well, thank um, you. You said I want to be me. Yeah, and I, like, I love I that. <laughs> so simple, yeah. but I feel it. Yeah, and like no no disrespect to there. There are other women, colleagues of mine who who do Selena really well, and they dress up just like her. Um, I do think that no band is going to sound better than my band because I, you know, my guys work really hard. Yeah, yeah, um, and you've been doing it for a minute. You're in the music yeah. industry. You know the ins and outs. You absolutely. That's what I'm saying. To me, y'all are the best uh, tribute band in the world. But what do I know? So well, you know. we we also want to play like I want to play rock clubs. I want to play three links. I want to play Canton Hall. I don't need yeah. to play the casino for you know what I mean for you know I would have we there, I think that the, our bread and butter is really playing for people who are within our age range who understand that I don't need to be a look alike with a with a you know I love the cow print but like I don't need to wear cow print for I don't need my guys dressing up in cow print to come on stage yeah you know we did to, we do toy around with like during pride month I always tell the guys that we should dress them up as different Selena's while we're on stage they're t- they're talking about it yeah. so we'll see if they actually do hey I'll support that um, I'll come I'll they come, all, uh help do some makeup or something they all have drag names all the guys in my band have drag names I am oh gosh I love this I hope one day I get to talk to them and meet them as well I don't think I've been able to but I am they are we don't get to do the I don't get to do the band the way that I want to without support from them and they are incredible incredible advocates of me and of what we want to do and you know we are very vocal about what it is that we love and who we support and who we don't support and we always have a conversation about it before and the guys are so woke and on board and available for me and like I you know they I'm really thankful to them and they're such a hoot they love to talk and they love to make fun of each other we do you want to shout them out say their name say say who they are for us because we definitely want to show them some love as well yeah totally and uh, some of them listen actually so Uh um our bass player we call him our ace of bass his name is Rocky Reyna he's from Hebronville Texas which is just near Laredo yeah so he's uh, a bass player shout out Rocky yes our conga player is from Austin his name is Kobe Ramirez um he's so so awesome and and uh kind of the older member oldest elder statesman of the band he's our (laughs) he's our dad uh my uh keyboard player and band leader his name is Luis Sanchez and he's from Lytle Texas which is south of San Antonio Mm -hmm. um that one he is he plays with everyone he actually plays with some of the Q Productions artists which I also think yeah I also think that's a way that the Q's can kind of keep an eye on what we're doing right um which is fine that's great I have nothing to hide and we have no yeah. problem talking to anybody <laughs> of course. and then yeah my my guitar player his name is Luke Salas and he is from San Antonio he plays he played with Emilio Navarra 
Nice. He plays with um, Destiny Navida. He's very uh, plays well with the Navida family. Yeah, I and love it. My, yeah, it, it's very much a family. Everyone's been in the band for at least four years at this point. Um, and then our drummer is Mike Aguilar. He's his family is the of Los Aguilares, the family um, band, and he is also okay. A All these like yeah. icons involved. Yeah, well, they, these are, yeah, for real players. And, you know, it took me a long time to figure out I don't need to hire the cute guys who plays guitar to be in my band. I should hire an actual guitar player. Um. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay that you grew from that and knew. Well, knew I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't need to hire a guitar player just because he looks like Chris. Our guitar player has long hair like Chris. Uh Luke Salas, he has he has long hair like Chris, but he, you know, he, and he always so wants me to put it up in a big chongo for him. How um, cute. Yeah. So we're definitely a family unit. Six six feels right. We've been as big as ten and as small as four, but mm-hmm. six feels like the number we need. Um and super supportive and like the guys have been very outspoken in their support of me. And you know, whenever we get on the road, it's so funny to see tour managers and venue owners be like, Well, who do we advance with? Are you advance with Stephanie? Or who do you, who do we who do we talk to about bands needs? You talk to Stephanie and then at uh-huh. one point one of the guys we got to a show and he's like, well, who, you know, who, who can I talk to you about, you know, this thing? And he's like, you could talk to me, but I'm just going to ask Stephanie and, you know, she we work for her. So. We'll okay. Her. But can we talk about that briefly? And then I want to know more about your own, your own career outside of BDB, yeah. BDB on the, something I noticed. And even when, when Rafa was still working with us was that they always wanted to approach the guy for like mm-hmm. the information. Yeah. And I'm always just sitting there like, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. so fascinating. Cause it's like, I don't think y'all understand how many femmes and and women and non-binary folks behind the scenes are making the shit pop. But y'all think because it's a man in the room, they're the <laughs> ones with all the answers and the power when there's usually some kind of bad B in the background that's the one yeah. making those decisions. So yeah. I don't know if that happens to you a lot, but I definitely used okay. to encounter that a, a ton. And it made me so, okay. it sometimes used to make me upset because I'd be like, really? Like, you see me right here, but you're going to still ignore me or disrespect me because there's a man in the room. Well, I think it happens in two different ways. They're like different things, right? So if it's like, if it's like meal tickets or like things that they think are that, you know, promoters think are menial, they'll try they'll go see me first. Like give this, put these wristbands on these boys. I'm like, okay, I was going to do, I would do that anyway, but don't talk to me like that. And then you know, it took a lot of the guys advocating for me in that space. Like, you know, they'll, if they just get there and they want to do their job, I pay them to, to play music. I don't pay them to advance or anything like that, you know? And at one point, I think Luke probably, it was our, our guitar player, Luke, some, one uh, venue manager came up to him and he's like, well, I don't know. He was asking him a question and Luke's like, we work for her. Go talk to her, you know? Damn. And I'm glad so, they got it correct and they readjust because it's hard to even find guys that really support you <laughs> for sure and like you know I I, I earned that and I'm not, not that it you know not that it needed to be like I needed to earn my keep but like you know I've had many conversations with the guys about the fact that like they're like you provide us more information than anybody else mm. you pay us better than anybody we always know what time we're playing we always know what the circumstances are before we go in and there's like you know these people are creative with families who are just trying to get to work and get home and know what they the plan is before and after Right. You know, so, you know, it's a, it's a trust, it's trust. They, they trust me and I, you know, I know that they're going to show up and do their jobs and that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all a family and we hug it out. I think yeah. we're one of the only bands that like after we're on, after we play our show, we go backstage and hug and then we go do, we go about our business. 
How cute. Yeah. I love it. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. I definitely want you to tell me a little more about your um, solo, career, solo career and what you're up to as well. And then we're going to jump into a little game and, and okay. wrap, up our, wrap up our interview. Yeah, sure. So I have a solo, I am a solo artist, first and foremost, that was, you know, what I always wanted to do. Um, the first guitar player in Bitty Bitty Banda, his name is Renee Chavez, is actually my producer. So uh, in July of last year, he and I just put together this song. And, you know, I have, a, I had a lot of, I have a lot of feelings and a lot of things that have happened in my life in the last five mm-hmm. years. I became a mother, I uncoupled from my son's father, we co-parent, and, you know, we, I realized now that my son, our son needs to have two parents who are happy and not two parents who feel like Ooh. they're doing X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah, he, deserves to, he deserves to have us at our happiest and happiest is separate, which is great. And he'll right. never know us. He'll never know us together. This separation will always be regular for him. Right. He's wonderfully, he's getting along just great. He's so, he is so, my son's the best thing I ever did. Aww. you know and he's so he's, cute I love looking at any video or anything you post of him he's he has you should meet him in real life he's so friendly he's so, I has cannot so much wait to say. yeah he, he like you know I'm wary of putting too much stuff about him on the internet or too many pictures but also he is such he's in such a controlled environment he's never on his own you right. know like so we, you know we keep him protect even when he comes to our shows like my boyfriend my boyfriend now not his dad but my boyfriend <laughs> is um, usually with him and like my son really does think that my boyfriend's just a person that I hired to come and play with him you know what I mean like a playmate he thinks <laughs> hey he that, works that works out that works out because he's a buddy for sure yeah for um. sure uh so anyway I had a lot of things that I wanted to write about and a lot of feelings and you know I felt like Last year, I was finally in a place where I wasn't attached, so emotionally attached to this one feeling I could write about this, that I couldn't write about it anymore. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's, and the way that my mind operates, I cannot be feeling the way that I feel about the song and actively working on it because it'll change too much and I won't be able to right. put a bow on it. Ooh, so, I feel, that's how I feel about writing because you got to, I yeah. need to work through the emotion and then I can sit with it. Yeah, I won't be able to, I can't, I, that's, and that's what I told. So we have a new, P, new EP coming out of full length. Um, in the fall, and Exciting. my produ- I'm really excited. My producer, and we're doing a bitty bitty bond, and a bitty bitty bond. The song is going to be on the EP. It's, we're oh, writing it all together. Yeah. I can't yeah, wait. It's, it's going to be a cumbia. We're really excited about it. But mm. you know, my keep my producer was like, you know, how what time frame do you see in stopping this? I said I'm going to stop on January 30th. I'm going to stop writing January 30th. If I have other thoughts, it's a new song. Mm. So we've kind of collectively like put this into seven ideas yeah and like the title track is about like you know I was having a conversation with a person who I was coupled with at the time and they just thought that I was like you know not living in reality and like you know my my response to that was like what my reality is this you know what I mean what if what if I want to live in this reality what if this does happen right anyway it's really excited about it and um i'm really getting to a place where i'm playing gigs by myself now which is fun and the band yeah and the band's super supportive and sometimes i'll pull them in and sometimes it'll just be me and sometimes it'll be other players but the band is going to be we have 60 shows on the books this year we're still we're still gigging oh Um, oh my god we're playing that's the most shows we ever played i was was the year I had my son, we played 83 shows, 80 of which we played while I was pregnant with him. I gigged until the week before I went into labor and I started playing a week, five weeks after I got, had him. So we gig. 
Girl, gigging the gig queen. <laughs> honestly, wow, it's good. It's, incredible. It's, it's, yeah, and it's finally become lucrative. So I'm really proud of it. And you know, again, with the like the inclusion writer diversity clause work, we're really kind of seeing the uh, seeing the change that we the power that we have to affect change. I love you that. know because we haven't had to cancel on anyone yet, but we have had people before we even bring it up. They're like, we read the inclusion writer. Um, here's what here's our schedule. Does this look okay to you? I'm like, yes, it does. Thank you very much. I think one time we had a show in San Antonio mm-hmm. and I had to be like, Hey, can you, can we add a drag, this drag performer that I know? Can we add this drag performer to this show? And then can you, you know, I will help you curate something for the next, for the coming months. But I think that, you know, this is a great market for, this is a great option for you. And they did it. Wow. So That's fire. Um, I hope to see more artists doing that because artists do hold a lot of power. And I know even me and Pat talk about like, damn, we've done so much work. We hope more people hire us to curate things and do things because it's like people for, you know, people, unless you're intentional about including other people, like they'll just go to what's familiar. And so it takes people, I think, with power that to really build that intention in everything they do and I think that's really beautiful so I'm glad you shared with us that you y'all have been doing that yeah I know it's it's part of what I like I hate to like such such crap terminology but it's part of I want it to be part of my brand and part of what right. you know you're buying into when you work with me as a person mm-hmm. Stephanie whether it's Bitty Bitty Banda or me or anything I do in the future you know respect for creators is where I want to start mm. um creators who have been historically not respected the way that they should be so absolutely I already knew I loved you but now I'm just like the respect the admiration has just grown and I'm so grateful that you um came to the Colores radio and you listened to us and hopefully one day we'll make something happen together besides just this episode because we definitely are big fans I love and I love how at every turn you and I have something something in common. Like you know people who went to Del Valley High School. Just yeah. Like Listen, <laughs> all my college best friends are from Del Valley. So shout out to Del Valley because I they they told me so much. Cause you know, when you're homies, oh you're just spending so much time together. And I was like, Oh, I know T on so and so and so and so. Yeah. And I was like, why do I know more about Del Valley High School than I do about my own high school at this point? And it was just so amazing. And I, I you know, I've been there a few times and I'm like people here are really beautiful so shout out to del valley and all my homies hardest working hardest working one of the hardest working communities in the country is what i call del valley all the time i love it's so special it's it's definitely a a a beautiful place so i'm glad i'm glad that the world is small enough to connect us in that many ways but um, and also speaking of grand speaking of college and grand prairie shout out to monica saldivar my my friend my homie i love her so i have not seen her in years but i was in a quinceanera with her that's how I know her that's the thing that I'm like everything is so hilarious because I met her in her cousin I believe her cousin's quinceanera we were in it in 2010 nine like long time ago and she's beautiful she was singing then and so I'm always happy to see her still thriving out here and I'm like wow the world is so small she's killing it she has this really incredible music coming out right now and she's just killing it out here in these streets i love her so much i love it um, i love it i love it we played at the grand prairie was it the grand prairie theater is that what it's called the uptown uh, theater uptown yes we played at the yeah. uptown last fall and i had these pink earrings on that said they were like papel picado they said chingona on them and uh, oh, my head one thing about me if you if i see you and you say you like my earrings 
Um, I'm gonna take them off and give them to you. I'm, that is so, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you that next time I see you, just because okay. I'm just kidding. Unless they're like my, unless they're like, unless they have diamonds in them, I will give them yeah. to you because they're not. No, diamonds. I would never do that. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> but I gave her my chingona earrings, and she posted a picture of them. And like, Aww. we just did a we did a faith based project last last fall or last summer uh-huh. um, with some other Tejano artists too, and that's how we became friends. And she's just great. I'm so glad to know her. Sure. Yes, how sweet. I love to see I love to see the blend of a uh, uh North Texas, Central Texas, Southern yeah. Texas, all the all the badasses uh chingonas getting together and creating. So I'm here for it. Um I do have the game for you and then I'm going to ask you one more question and we're going to wrap because I know okay. it's going long, but I think every last bit of it has been beautiful and important. So I am going to ask you it's going to be a rapid fire game and you have to tell okay. me your first thoughts. Are you ready? Oh my gosh. Yes, I'm ready. But anyways, that is a rapid yeah, fire game. Thank you. Hey, you did we'll it. have to have another talk about my like strange obsession obsession with Stone Cold Steve Austin. My Instagram name, my it's my name at Stephanie Bergera, but my little like handle is Stone Cold Steph Austin. That's so true. I just you just <laughs> opened my eyes to that because I followed you for years <laughs> and I never realized it. But yeah, you have an obsession with him. That is correct. He's a Texan icon. He's a Texas icon. How fucking funny. I never yeah. even connected him that way, but you know what? I'm going to let you have it because you definitely <laughs> have some history with him. Is there anything else, a beautiful Stephanie, that you want to share with us? And where can we oh, find man. and support your work? I just want to give you your roses while I can mm-hmm. and tell you that I'm such a fan of your podcast. I'm such a fan mm-hmm. of your work and your, like, I'm always applauding you in, in my car or on a walk <laughs> when I'm listening to your podcast Aww. because you are so unafraid to defend yourself and defend your work and defend people who you know like and and to support people in places that don't always get supported so I just want to say that I'm so sorry I'm sorry <laughs> like the whole time the whole you can't see it but the whole time we've been talking I've had like tears right here Aww, on the sides of my eyes. So I like, wish I could hug you and have a meal and a drink with you I'll buy you a sandwich oh <laughs> That's your favorite meal is what I learned. I love all sandwiches. I love all kinds of sandwiches between two breads. That should be a podcast I do. Between two breads. <laughs> hey, that sounds kind of cute and spicy. I'm into it. Well, I just, I wanted to tell you that. And, and I, you know, we talk on Instagram and we're, we became Instagram friends first, but I just wanted to tell you and your sister that I am such a big fan of everything you're doing. I'm so glad you're you're keeping Decolores going. And, you know, I, every time that you've had an emotional moment on your podcast, I've been crying right alongside with you because, mm-hmm. you know, to watch the evolution of women in their work in Texas, uh, I relate so hard. And I um, mm-hmm. just have so much respect for y'all. And, and thank you thank for having you. me. No, thank you. You were not supposed to uh, take your moment and make it about me. But I honestly, like, it means a lot because it's been so hard. And even in like five years, we've seen such a drastic shift, especially Mm -hmm. post-pandemic. And so to like hear that from someone that we deeply respect and admire and like, you know, we're in awe of five years ago watching you seeing like the most iconic Tejana in all time, you know, of all time. Yeah. And you embody her just as yourself, I think is so powerful. So I hope that you Thank always you. remember how much amazing power you have and how many amazing people um, and, and young people that have seen you and watched you and felt seen just by you sharing your talent Aww. with the world. So uh, all my love back to you. I truly Aww. mean it. And I look forward to having um, a drink and a sandwich sometime soon. So hopefully <laughs> we can make that happen sooner than later. Yes, we must for sure. Thank you, Stephanie. You're amazing. Thank you. Um, you. 
We love you. Please go follow and support uh, BDB Banda and Stephanie Bergara and her work. And we will take a break. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Uh, well, now I'm really crying. My eyes are burning. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it's fine. I'm definitely uh, accepting of these kind of beautiful tears. But uh, whoo. I just want right. to let you know that I can see that I see you that you know that I see what you're Thank doing you. and that you know that it's not you know I know what it's like to feel like you're screaming into the wind and nobody notices so I I wanted to just hear like I wanted you to hear it from me that I hear you and I see you. Thank you. That means so much. I definitely needed to hear that. No. <laughs> Pat, I don't know if you have anything to Pat, share. I'm just Pat, crying. You're, Pat, you're muted. <laughs> Oh, damn it. I was just saying that, um, no, thank you for that message. And like this interview was beautiful. Like it just felt like a whole full circle too. to even like you talking about when you, when you like said, when you started, I was like, oh shit, I saw him at like that time period. So I was like, wow, like we've been watching each other grow too. So which yeah. is, it's beautiful. So yeah, thank you yeah, for sure. the, the well wishes. We obviously love and support you and are so excited for Aww. everything that you're doing as well. And Whenever I get myself back to Austin, I'll most definitely have to reach out. Or if you make your way to Albuquerque, I don't know. But you need to I feel would do. We're that trying to do Albuquerque. Yeah, we're trying to play a launch pad in July. Ooh. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, let me yeah. know. I actually went to see Lido Pimienta there. That was my first show I went to here in Albuquerque, like a few weeks ago. I love her so much. Oh my gosh! Have you been able to her? Oh what? You've been able to see her, isn't she? She's touring yeah, right I now. Saw her right? At South by, I saw her at South by Southwest a few years ago. Oh, yeah, you did like say pre, that. You did say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre-Obama list. Um, <laughs> I loved, I, you know, and I just caught on to her watching her at South by, but I loved when um, Babelito played her song on their, mm-hmm. like, your music and review, and he said what she said in response to being put on that list. She's like, thank you so much, but I'm still a mother of three living in an apartment. I'm probably the only person on this damn list that is still struggling to make ends meet so thank you for mm-hmm. the acknowledgement but also pay me yeah, yeah. i love her i love that me she's too. a badass Super yeah. badass. well i could talk to y'all forever but, um well please do go on and on and off the yeah. podcast we're always happy to have you but yes thank you for multitasking for us yes no i'm yeah. doing my last week of the job so i'm just kind of like i'm like i'm gonna be back here doing a thing and they're like okay <laughs> so, right. what what congratulations what are they gonna do fire me Shout out to shout out to you for making the city of Austin look good. Yeah. yeah. But thank All right, you, y'all. Well, thank you. Yes, bye. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Yes, thank you. Bye. It's time to find some grounding to take a breath. That's right. It's time for self care corner. Y'all need to get me in the studio singing these things because it'll sound better. I promise. Um, my self care uh, for this week. Because airy season brought with it some intense chaos um, or just like this rushed feeling. And I realized yesterday that I need to slow down and trust the process and just let things happen as they may. And that's a hard thing to do. (laughs) I am someone that's very on the go. And like, I guess, especially after having COVID, I realized that I don't have the same energy as I did before and even less than what I had prior to quarantine where I was just out all the time and I don't know how I was doing that but I definitely know that slowing down and just like trusting that the universe is going to deliver what is for me when it is for me is something that is 
definitely helped me to not take things as personal and to kind of just ride the wave because we do not have control of everything and that is okay. Um, And so that is my quick self-care for today as we are wrapping up. Pat, will you take away our next segment? Hello, I am here with the Brown Business of the Week. (laughs) Did I sound like a news anchor? Yeah, please keep it going. I love when you're high energy because you usually start kind of nervous, but I want you to do it (laughs) just like that. This all the time. Um, So as we know, it is now spring. Spring has sprung. Spring is springing. Um, So I wanted to recommend some Latinx run plant businesses. Um, Shout out to Latinx with Plants based in L.A., My friend Andy has been running that shop for about, I think, two years now. She's planning on opening another shop. They're going to be at the book fair in L.A. You can also order plants from them online and have them shipped to you. I've brought a plant back from L.A. from them, and it is thriving and beautiful. She does a lot of beautiful, like, workshops and things. I know they just recently, like, did an exclusive uh, beer. I forgot with what beer company in LA, but the, all the mu- money's going to domestic workers and women that are working in like, um, let me see, let me pull it up so I don't mess this up. Um, Hold on. Ah! Can I share mine in the meantime? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I recently visited a restaurant in the Oak Cliff, Texas. And it was a shout out to Sandra, my dear friend, who took me here because I have finally embraced my full spicy Latina self. And I, I started to go there. And I start you haven't even let me say the place. I have I started eating chile rellenos, y'all. I don't eat much spicy besides hot Cheetos and Gepica, but I have now started to eat she's chile a spicy rellenos. Latina now. I am a spicy Latina now and I'm embracing my hot Cheeto fingers. I am obviously joking a lot, Um, (laughs) but this place is called Mascaras and it's off of Keist. And when I tell y'all it is so good, I was craving it for about three weeks right after I ate it. And I finally went again the other day and took my mom. She also loved it. Um, It is obviously Mexican owned. They're from Guadalajara and they also have a history in like, Hollywood-ish kind of as well. Mm -hmm. Very sweet owners. Very cute place. Lots of masks everywhere. I'm a fan, y'all. It is very good. And I'm excited. Everything I've tried so far has been really delicious. So I definitely recommend Mascaras, the restaurant off of Keese here in Oak Cliff, Texas. Pat, do you have your information now? Yes, I do. It's with the Brujeria Company. Um, Brujeria, like brew, like brewing beer. Um, And it's the less domestic workers um, blonde ale. So the proceeds are going to um, Mujeres Nacional LA and it's supporting, like I said, domestic workers. So I thought that was really cool. And obviously if there's like Dallas local um, plant people that want to support a Latinx business, there's Pitas planters. I know she makes really cute like resin art and and planters for plants and does like pop-ups and has been around Dallas doing stuff like that. I think sometimes they've even been at the farmer's market. So yeah. Just wanted to highlight those. Want to try those tacos. They sound really good. It wasn't tacos. It was chile rellenos. But, you know, we love people that are vaguely listening. And that's okay. No, but Uh, I'm saying, like, I want to try mascaras tacos. Not Oh. I was like, I didn't talk about tacos. But anyways, this is a good sibling moment. 
that means we can jump into who you got with the Coco. Pat, let's go fast. This episode's long. Um, so my who you got is Kaina. I've been listening to her new album nonstop. I'm really excited to see her when she opens up for El Lado Negro. But her new album is called It Was a Home. She recently did a Tiny Desk concert, I think, during South By that just released like a few weeks ago. So highly recommend to take take a look at her. I think she's Chicago based. Um, yeah, that's all I'll give since we're in um, time press. I'm going to go with some Dallas local artists that I've been listening to more. Um, one of them is Chroma, which I'm sure you've heard us mention with Woo-hoo! Pretty Boy Aaron. Um, I got What You Say in my head, and then I listened to their discography with AWOL, which we interviewed on our Southside What's Up, which is on YouTube. Hey. You should check it out. But <laughs> not me plugging myself whenever we're plugging somebody else. But I really, really like their project, Primavera. So shout out to um uh dfw's own awol and chroma and then i also want to shout out nezi momodu who is a yes. badass rapper from dallas as well um she re- recently got some attention for her video that was shot by our friend german torres jeremy um, was also up on that thing he did photography. period yeah. shout out to jeremy our tech producer who was also involved um and the, it was very Missy Elliott style. So obviously I was like. And Missy Elliott gave her some love too. She like acknowledged she did. it. She did. But also like she can rap. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing is that she's a badass rapper. And I always want to see, um, you know, black woman rappers from Dallas shine. Hell so yeah. Black woman rappers from anywhere shine. But, you know, specifically from Dallas hits a little different. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we can maybe get Nezzy up on this mic one day soon. Yes. And that wraps it up for us here at De Colores Radio. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We have so many amazing things in store to celebrate this year, our five-year anniversary, like our community zine um, that is about joy and community. And we're so excited to share that with y'all we have a lot of amazing submissions Mm -hmm. it is a collaborative project with some of the best creators here in dallas that we're very excited to share with you all so stay tuned for that um major thanks to ruby Rayberger and Stephanie Bergara of Bidibidi Banda for joining us today. Special thank you to all our squirrel friends, homies, and rider dies on Patreon. Remember, you too can become a financial supporter of the Decolores Radio family today and get a early exclusive access to our content. It is a good time, y'all. I recommend these videos because you see me going to use the bathroom <laughs> and stuff, and I don't know if y'all are into that, but it's kind of fun. Uh, I want to send another special special shout out to uh, producer Pat and producer Jeremy who helped make this happen and who have been very patient um, as I wanted to come back when I was really ready and wasn't running out of breath because COVID affects the lungs. Um, but we truly cannot go on without your support, our beautiful listeners. Thank you for writing with us for five years. We're going to be celebrating this five year for the next five months. So I was going to say the rest okay of the year. It's a year long celebration. <laughs> Uh, please don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us the darn review including Spotify even though they should not be playing I mean paying Joe Rogan you should pay us instead we'd love to keep growing (laughs) we'd love to keep growing so if something resonated with you in this episode please share it with everyone you know send them the link tag us 
don't be afraid to reach out and follow us at The Colores Co. Tweet us. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin and Pat at Pat.Arreguin. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Our audio editor is Jeremy Pesina. Go hire him and support him. What is his handle? I think it's Jeremy at Jeremy PTX or something like that. (laughs) I did it. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Keep supporting the black and brown women in your life doing all the badass work behind the scenes. Support us on Patreon or visit us, visit us at our website, decolonesradio.com. All of this will be changing very soon because we are rebranding. Thank you so much again for being with us. And join us again next time for Decolores Radio. Bye. Bye.